If you could be any Disney princess, what Disney princess would you be? Ariel. Mulan. Moana. Ooh, Mulan. Mulan was a good one. No, yeah. but I, I feel like you I got, we all answered it. each one individually. What like, do you mean? Well, like I can see you being Ariel because you know you're all like, ooh, Aquaman. Da, I don't da, see da. that at all. No, because <laughs> because of the water stuff. You know, he's always like yeah, identifying with Aquaman. Sure. Yeah, I'm not identifying with Aquaman. <laughs> I just think he's really cool. <laughs> okay, sure. And then Mulan, I don't know, goes for you. How? I don't know. Amber, yeah. you're I'm just trying really... to make something out of it. I like the fighting. <laughs> she can fight. That's dope. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. But I just would you pick? I pick Moana. Okay. What does Mo- Moana do? I haven't she, seen the movie actually. The, okay, I haven't either. The, the, the real reason why I liked Moana is because she's a princess, regardless of having a man. She runs shit, and she's beautiful with like curly hair, and she's just like brave. I heard that movie was way too good to have that explanation that you just gave of why she's. <laughs> she, it is a really good movie. Yeah. Wait, it's too good of a no, movie? No, I'm saying like your explanation doesn't match. Doesn't match what it yeah, is? Yeah. Like it's, I'm, I'm not giving a good enough answer? Yeah. I mean, yours yours goes with like what you think. Yeah. Ours probably doesn't, but yeah. Actually, I uh, I take it back. I don't think yours is the best. I think I like mine again. Why? Because she's a mermaid. So? So that's awesome. Like <laughs> your guys' don't have powers. That's not true. Moana has power. Oh, she does? Yeah. She controls Mo- the Mulan doesn't need powers. Yeah. She, she uses her own personality yeah. as a power. That's pretty, pretty That's sick. pretty great. Okay. But I can like breathe underwater and have a fish tail. Okay. But you're still falling for a man that's outside of water. So. No. Ooh. We don't have to go have for the man. That's just her story. But why? if I'm Ariel, then like. And she wanted to have legs. Why? Yeah. Why couldn't she just be comfortable where she's at? Yeah. You know, it's kind of scary, actually. Like, <laughs> there's no society. What? Underwater? Yeah. No, there is. That's what they're showing. Yeah. What is it, Atlantis or something? Like fish. Is that the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she can talk to fish? They all talk to each yeah. other. Yeah, but like she can't like go to like Starbucks or something. They probably I have like a fish Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> they probably have like a caffeine Starfish fish. Bucks. Starfish bucks. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for episode <laughs> tuning into an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. And this is brought to you by Olive Theory. You can find us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can listen to this podcast everywhere on Spotify, Apple Music, okay. um, SoundCloud. Not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Uh, okay <laughs> dang it uh and then uh we're also the visual aspect of this is on youtube uh you can see our beautiful faces and yeah and then if you yeah. want to email us your cool music or questions. stories or questions then we're at strange flavors podcast at gmail.com and if you think that you could be a good guest on our podcast or know somebody who might be um write into us and let us know why and we'd love to have you uh, if you don't know by now, we are doing a giveaway. This is the 99th episode of Strange Flavors. Hello. Super exciting. Um, and on the next episode, we'll be announcing the winner of the contest. Um, it's not a contest. It's just a giveaway. Uh, you'll win something Strange Flavors related, absolutely free. Um, all you have to do is comment on our picture with the four uh, options of what you want and tag th- at least three people. You guys have been doing a great job of that. We have so many comments and we'll pick someone at random to win. And remember that the more times you comment with different people, not using popular pages or celebrity pages, uh, you have more of a chance of winning. So good luck to everybody. 
Go do and it. We can't wait to announce who wins the next one. And again, thank you for listening and uh, all the way up to this many us. episodes. So we yeah. appreciate you. And if you haven't yet, make sure you go and rate us wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Facts. Leave some comments of you know the feedback, what you think of it. That'd be awesome. And leave some comments on YouTube. For sure. Um, and uh, if you want our merch at any time, that is always on alifttheory.com slash shop, which is linked in the bio. We have our Alif Theory designs on there, as well as if you click on Redbubble, you can always get those Strange Flavors merch or Ronald Palmer merch or and anything like I mean, that. I don't know if you guys saw the possible options of what you could win, but there's this really cool pair of socks. There's a pillow. You like the socks? The, the socks were pretty yeah, nice. Pretty. The waffle there's, cone socks. Yeah. yeah. The pillow. What else was there? The phone case. Phone. Oh, my God. That's the same phone case that Frost has, and I always liked when you... It's, yeah. like, uh, it's, it's right here if you're on the video podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And a poster. Oh, if you just want a poster. Nobody, I liked how people were commenting everything like but, but the poster. Like they don't want a poster of us. <laughs> hey, it's cool, man. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um Okay, so we have um a supporter um from Australia. She was born and raised there. She's awesome. We love her. Yeah. Her name is Sarah. Shout um, out Sarah. Hey, Sarah. So last time we spoke very briefly about the Australian fires, um, she wrote in and kind of told us what was going on there. She sent a few videos, and uh, it was actually kind of really scary and sad to see, you know, like how yellow the sky is, and there's literally like ash falling at certain parts from the sky. Um, she wrote into us, and, and she said that uh, I'm Australian born and raised and have never seen anything like this. Uh, she also said that they've been going on the fires uh, for around three months and i think those outside of australia are just now starting to find out which is great but we need some more help so uh i've linked um some fundraisers uh so that you can you guys can donate to one of those um to help what's going on with the fires in australia anything helps like a dollar or more yeah and we have a friend named emin who has been making these little uh bags tote bags um so those uh, also help out. So I think if yeah. she's still doing that, I'll yeah. link that as well. And she said uh, she's selling tote bags and 100% of the proceeds go to, or the profits go to Australia. So Yeah, that's so that's amazing. awesome. Um, yeah, thank you for everybody who's helping out with that. Um, you know, it is a really sad situation to see. Um, I've, I've been seeing some like really nice videos from it though, where like there's people that have literally been taking like koalas and putting them in their car to like protect them oh, yeah. and take them out of like the the sites of fire and like people that Aww. this one guy uh or girl i forget who was uh that saved a kangaroo from uh burning like the kangaroo was like hugging them non-stop and it was just a video it was like really cool to see when you see like nature kind of like you know just uh appreciate and like and like know good from bad yeah. that's always like really, really from good. the last episode huh? yeah not Is boxing, not boxing oh the kangaroos <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's linked in the bio. See if you can help out. Um, like Shamir said, even a dollar helps out. Um, and thank you, Sarah, for writing in. And, and we're ho- we're hoping that you know, uh, you and everyone in Australia um, does better, uh, has better conditions of what's going on, and uh, hangs in there. For sure. Um, speaking of that, like uh, there was this model. Um, she goes by the Naked Philanthropist. Um, what? she she was raising money for australia in her own unique way did you guys hear about this yeah she she was uh selling like her nudes to people if they sent a screenshot of them donating to the australian world fires yeah and she she, i think raised what like half a million right she raised more the last time i saw it it was seven hundred thousand uh wow and then so now i don't know what it is but there's been other um 
people, models and, and a... porn stars that have been doing that as well, um, trying to raise money for this cause. Amber, I'm going to pass it to you. What do you think about this? Yo, this is so conflicting <laughs> in so many ways. Why? Because I don't, I mean, power to you if you want to do that. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, like you should sell your nudes. But at the same time, you're helping such a good cause. So like, go, go you, go you. Go you for you. You were gonna do it anyway, right? She's a porn star, right? No, she's. She, I think she's just a model. Does she? No, um, I, I, I think she's, she's in that industry. She's in the industry. Okay. If she's already in that industry, and okay. she was gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Good for her. Her name is Kaylin Ward. I think she's, she's a, a model. nude nude model or something. Hmm. I don't think she's like a full on porn star, but. Okay. Well, if if she was gonna do that anyway, and then she's switching it out and being like, "Hey, send me money. Send them money, and I'll send you a nude," like. That the naked philanthropist. I think that suits her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like. Uh, I think I there's know. a difference between personal beliefs and like you of know course, from their course. own but, perspective. But on the, on the in the way like that maybe if people, the people that are donating right, I don't know if all of them have that intention of oh, like oh this is gonna not. help definitely not. oh they don't and I then, mean they might and then there's but, also yeah. people that will be like. Oh, uh, here's another cause that needs help. Uh, where are the porn stars? So, like, I should get something out of this for doing good or something. I don't think that Is people are thinking about it that it? deep. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, I think she's clout? just getting cl- a lot. Yeah, a lot of attention. Sure, her followers went up like crazy. Um, and it's you know, guys, I'm leaving the podcast. Huh? I'm leaving the podcast. I'm sorry. For what? Bad joke. <laughs> no, I got the joke. I was just silent because it was like, okay, Amber. Hey, um, I don't know. But um, you know those things on uh, on Twitter? Like sometimes you'll see, it'll say like, oh. It's like nobody sh- will even send anything to Australia because I'm the nude model. Oh, my God. Amber. <laughs> ain't nobody Are you done? Ain't nobody they send- take their money back. On Twitter, you know how sometimes you can see like someone that liked another tweet or something? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not supposed to necessarily be public when you like something. Like you retweet it, but if you like it, uh it'll be like this person, this person, your, yeah, and it kind of says like, like Amber Azadi liked this. Yeah. So I saw some people who like I guess are more religious and stuff, and like they're known for being that. And it'll say their name liked the naked philanthropist tweet. <laughs> and I'm like, man, she's She's got everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It's. Uh, I mean, hey, what do you think? Shari? I hope Australia comes out of this. I mean, good impact. So that's all that matters. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think. I think I see what you're saying, anyway. but I, I think a societal sort of impact um, there could be one. So I don't know if that's necessarily like true, but like, you know, that's all that matters. What do you mean? Like how it could impact society. I know it's not that like this isn't that big of a deal and even by talking about it we're making it a bigger story I guess but um you know in the future I'm saying like what that expectation becomes oh, okay and where the society goes of like oh call like donating to causes means that we get this Nudes. out of it or something yeah. and you're like hey I I've you know donated to I mean, this let's many just causes be realistic people probably if you want nudes you can google nudes i'm just yeah. saying it's yeah. not but hard it's, to it's get the, nudes. it's that thing of like oh i'm getting a personal one or like you know i'm donating she's probably this and took two nudes and sent them the same ones yeah. to everybody but also like you know those charity concerts right you're going to those charity concerts for the music 
Yeah. But you're also helping that charity that's going, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when John Legend does like a charity concert, there's people going there for John Legend, not necessarily the charity, but still doing a good impact. That's yeah. an so. interesting way to connect it. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, you could say, you could make that case about a lot of things like yeah. gambling, for example, or whatever, that some people don't believe in gambling and then using that money to like mm. send to charity and like, and even people that you don't agree with politically or in whatever way who are doing something good. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think the difference is about how maybe you uh, carry yourself and like are literally selling, you know, your body image. Uh, yeah. But the if they're doing of, that anyway. Yeah. Like, I think that's their culture. But does that make it okay that they're doing it anyways? No, it doesn't. But we're only talking about it because it's in this like because it Context. has to do exactly it's not like they weren't doing it before it's not like yeah. they're not going to do it afterwards but they just did what they're already doing and putting mm-hmm. it to good i'm not saying that this is the best route and yeah. the most successful route whatever yeah and i'm also, just saying that she's doing what she probably was going to yeah. do anyway and made you know made money for uh it's at least it's towards like a good cause i'm not yeah. saying that it's like a good thing she's doing but like at least it's yeah. to a good cause. and also for our from our perspective it's you know how not many a girls sell nudes just to pocket it yeah pocket the that's money? true that's true like there's girls yeah. out here You're pocketing right. yeah. hella money but, from nudes. but also from our perspective it's seen as not like good to sell nudes right mm-hmm. but there's a whole like culture in europe in here where that's like normal that's like yeah. a, and for us i see it on twitter all the time people's paypals and and cash apps and venmos going left and right about like hey uh and it's not it's not even about nudes it's just like hey i need some money yeah. uh feel free to like people will have a, a tweet i am blow this up. close to selling feet pictures amber amber <laughs> see, i think for me it's can just we, like can a, we get like 20 percent? i'm down <laughs> i'll advertise for you if, if you put the lighting right and you do the photography okay i'm not taking can... the pictures but i'll like <laughs> I just see it. I think it's just like a self-respect thing for me. It's just like I I see what it is. I see what impact it's having. Um, I just feel a certain way about it, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'm, it's not it's not that big of a deal to me in that way. But just like the well, didn't you make of, the point for us one time to me when we were talking about these like Snapchat like whatever and mm-hmm. like you know cam girls, and you made the point that you know you can have that and they could also be in a strip club like physically being touched mm-hmm. and you know whether they're making the money or splitting it or whatever but in this way they're in the privacy of their own home they're fairly safe and they're selling it okay i don't i don't remember it. that because i don't we i don't this think conversation that... in jamaica okay uh because i i right now at this point i wouldn't agree with like oh that's better than this okay um i could see that i guess but i don't um I don't if that's I fine. said that then I don't agree with it now um, okay. but that's just a personal belief right, right. like uh, I think that's what it comes down to is just like where you stand with something like this and uh, it's just like the whole concept of not just this but just like the way that people work towards the things mm-hmm. that they earn and she's earning in in a way respect and and followers and things like that based off of the way that she's doing this and I personally don't agree with it right. Um and that I guess like overall, it's not just about her. It's not about the nudes. Mm-hmm. It's about any any way that people do things. It's like a lot of things where I would just be like, I would respect if you did it this way more. I would respect your values, your beliefs maybe like, and uh, understand what it took for you to get here rather than like this sort of route, which mm-hmm. I think is easier. Mm-hmm. And it did in this case make a positive impact 
for me, that doesn't say that like, oh, well, other people are doing it too, or like she would have done this anyway. Um, it just says to me that she took this easier route to do something good. That's it. Well, speaking of what we, I don't know how to transition. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just say royalty. transitioning to another topic. I'm transitioning to royalty and Meghan Markle. And did you guys hear about how Meghan Markle left? Or, well, hold on. Is it her and Harry? or Her and Harry both left as senior roles from the royal family. Well, and they and apparently want to move to between canada and and uk right That's yeah what it is. so they're basically they're moving from london to the to um uh north america and i i read this one thing that harry said that i wanted to share with you guys just to get your input on and he said i've seen what happens when someone i love is commoditized what's that word commoditized to the point that they're no longer treated or seen as a real person. I lost my mother and now I watch my wife falling a victim to the same powerful forces. And so essentially I thought that was very deep and I know that it had been up in the media that him and his brother were not agreeing and this and that. I'm not a huge fan of like royal families and stuff. I think that our moms were because, you know, they have this like, you know, connection with princess Diana and stuff that I can't understand, but you know, they swear it's there. And I think it's interesting that he did stand up for his wife. Um, after this, I did go do some research on some of the articles that were coming out about Meghan Markle after she got married. And a lot of them were pinning her against Kate Middleton. And, you know, she did this interview where she was like, yeah, he's a, that she was basically advised against marrying him because they said he's a really great guy, but the British tabloids will ruin you. And she said that that's basically what happened. And she said, I never thought that it would be easy, but I at least thought it would be fair. Um, and then shortly after, it came out that she is doing a voice voiceover for Disney, um, which is a project that benefits Elephants Without Borders, which is such a old, it's such a like, I don't know, like a sounds so Disney to like leave this type of like tragic lifestyle to then go on and like, you know, do something that's like benefiting the world. I don't know. Sure. What's your guys' thoughts about it? I saw that um, the queen wanted to have like an emergency meeting recently. So I wonder Mm -hmm. what's going to actually happen with this. But otherwise, I mean, we don't really know what happens in Mm -hmm. the family. No one really does. I understand like if that's what he's saying from where he's probably coming from and based off of, what the allegations and the rumors are around what happened to princess diana if it was a setup whatever it may be Mm -hmm. it seems that uh him being the younger uh, brother uh is gonna have a little bit more uh a um what do you call it like a attachment no no no. i meant a um rebellious uh nature sure uh because the the, i think the older sibling is usually more so like in the traditions and kind of has to follow more so and the younger one and, and him already making that decision to like marry this person who is like not traditional mm-hmm. um you know like it's not surprising to see that mm-hmm. and i hope that you know the best happens it's cool that we're kind of witnessing this you know, new thing this right. yeah, yeah first this having rebellion a rebellion act first person to marry into the royal family who is not white who doesn't want to be in the royal family and now yeah. she you know i'm is, just saying if anything happens to megan then it's like yeah. we so, know that some, some queen is up to something. I think what he was referring to was not the like passing away of Princess yeah, yeah, yeah. Diana, just the way she was treated and the and things the that tabloids. she spoke about, right? Yeah. Right, right. Of course. Yeah. Anything on your part, Shamir? What? 
Did you have anything with that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we said last time that we talked about the royal family that we don't really care about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that like they want to start a new life, sort of. Mm-hmm. That's the cool part. So yeah. I said that one time that there's um. I was like the closest thing that we have to the royal family, like the way that people care about their lives and stuff, is the Kardashians. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is. Like I know it's not like royalty, but it's like you know you're related, you have clout. Yeah, Everybody it's just like cares. a family that you're kind of like looking up to, right? Not, as a whole, or like looking country. at to or either fall globally. apart or like yeah. you know do something good. Yeah, it's and weird. every move is you know published across everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um. With somebody who recently um, took a stand at the Golden Globes, um, did you guys watch that? By the way, I didn't watch it, but I've seen like clips. I watched uh-huh. it on mute. Okay, <laughs> it's literally just speeches. So what are you defeat watching? the purpose. <laughs> Subtitles. Yeah, um, I saw this article come out. Rami Youssef, who had that show Rami, we discussed on the podcast. Yeah, um, he's a Egyptian. If somebody has a account, by the way, I really want to watch season two when it comes out. So please slide me your information. Just putting that out there. Um, yeah, so so he's a Muslim American, and uh, he won actually the Golden Globe. Um, for his acting role in Rami. And uh, this article I saw um, passed around a lot. It said Rami Yusuf won a Golden Globe, took the stage and said, Allahu Akbar, that's big. Um, And then people are really praising that, Mm -hmm. which is very different than the reaction they had when the show came out. Yeah. Um, Did you guys feel any sort of way about him saying that? Do you guys agree that that's big? I think that you can say that and people not, you know, be looking around. Right. That's that's big. He's like normalizing it in a way. Sure. Um, I think that he could go up there and say that in a place where it probably did make a lot of people uncomfortable is a power move in a good way. Like Mm. I'm I'm going to have this in front of you and I'm going to say it because this is my speech and I'm gonna say it and it might make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. But all all praise be to God. It's I'm saying the same thing that you probably are. Yep, retweet. I I think um, when we pass around ideas like this, um, and it's probably true in other communities too, but I know this for the Muslim community where we get really excited about ideas Mm -hmm. and we either will, you know, in a sense, like cancel somebody completely or we'll like praise it and be like, oh my God, this is huge. This is everything. And I see this as kind of that where it's Mm -hmm. just like, is it that big of a deal that he said that? Like we had... Muhammad Ali who really paved the way of like Muslims and media and the way that we're mm-hmm. the things that we can say even Mike Tyson you know he used to say things like this um, and at the time they were criticized mm-hmm. and yeah. it wasn't cool and, and Rami he can come up and say it comfortably in a comedic way actually the way he said it, it was just kind of like I want to thank my God uh, Allahu Akbar everyone laughed actually um, and it was kind of like he can say it and it's you know like is what are we really praising here you know if anything like, the path that muhammad ali did pave and that he can say sure, comfortably sure but like why if people said one thing about like you know this is what we feel about the show and this is not a representation of muslim americans and this and that and then he says something like this and then we're like oh you, you just have to look or talk the part mm-hmm. uh, as long as you know you're getting the message out there or whatever but whatever you do otherwise we don't really care or support yeah. You know what I mean? Are, mm-hmm. you're, ta- you're criticizing the people, right? That are sort of criticizing and, them. And the people that like are 
really praising this article yeah, or like praising what the he article did. and not the show and they're like flipping like why is he on the stage i don't think most like a lot of people know that yeah. what's the show about i don't think everybody has watched that yeah they're praising the fact it's the headline is just muslim american wins award and says allahu akbar on stage and people are like oh like yeah we made it you know yeah. mm-hmm. and we don't really know yeah. what's you know and those same people were bashing the show exactly they're, they were like saying yo why does a normal muslim guy have to do drugs or this or that like in the show why mm-hmm. can't he be like super halal and stuff and then when he says allahu akbar the same people are like oh that's amazing to yeah. be honest I think that this whole thing, the show, what he's saying, all this, is just playing a role in normalizing Islam in everybody's eyes. We have to have these people who care a lot and these people who don't care at all, people who get angry, people who get happy, for it to just become a normal thing in society, for this to happen and us not blink an eye. And if that's just a part of the process, I appreciate the process. Yeah, I think we agree with you. I think what we're saying is like the people that Mm -hmm. are responding to okay, this is okay, this is not okay. That's what I'm saying. And, I think that those conversations, yeah. as much as they are annoying to us and you know other people who you know whether enjoy the show or don't want it to be a big deal, yeah. I'm saying these conversations almost have to take place for it to become normalized in society. Yeah. I'm also just saying like, you know, if you're listening or you see something like this, don't get so excited. And if you see something that's controversial, don't get so annoyed. Angry. I think at the end exactly. of the day, especially what a lot of religion teaches you is just like, you should focus on yourself and not judge other people in that way because you know you yourself have a lot of work to do yeah and i'm gonna say this like if you don't agree with the show because it's not muslim enough for you make a show that's muslim enough for you sure there you go or watch rhythms of faith or just almost don't, out <laughs> just don't watch it yeah don't just don't watch it like yeah um but you know what is annoying what yeah you got that yummy yum. <laughs> yeah the song's fire I the think. song okay. is pretty good. Okay, so like Justin Bieber came out with this new song after a long time of five, not putting out four or five years. He's done like features and stuff, yeah, but not his own. But like not his own project. So yeah. he's coming out with this. Uh, Can you name another line and, from and, that song aside from the one that you just listed? What the yummy yummy line? Mm-hmm. Go you work. <laughs> <laughs> I got you flexing on me. Something, okay. something like that. Um, no, the song was cool. Um, I think the, the problem that people are having with it a lot, I actually saw your tweet, Shamir, and I didn't understand what was happening. You said, I love the song, but I don't like what's going on with it or the the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to look into it after you tweeted that. Yeah. So basically like Justin was promoting this song for like weeks and everyone was like getting hyped about it. Mm -hmm. And that was cool. Once he dropped the song, he was like, follow me on TikTok. Um, and then he made this Instagram post like a couple of days later and he was like, make sure you have it on a Spotify playlist and keep repeating it and like recycle it so that it can go hit that number one spot. So he's like desperately trying to get this song to the number one spot in like the weirdest way possible. Okay. And I saw that, uh, after, after looking into it a little bit, I was like, whoa, this is weird. And then immediately afterwards I saw that Justin Bieber went live. So I clicked it on Instagram mm-hmm. And uh, he was he was live and he was, you know how you can like add people to your live yeah. so you can share the screen and c- talk to them. Yeah. So these girls are like freaking out. Oh my God, Justin. Oh my God, Justin. And he'd be like, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, I need you to go on iTunes and, and buy Yummy. And they'd be like, uh, I, I actually already have it. And then they'd be like, he'd be like, no, no, no. But you, you're streaming it, right? And they'd be like, yeah. It's like, I need you to go on iTunes and buy it. Wow. And they'd be like, uh okay and it was like very awkward because it's like these girls are excited to see this and then you know he would cross it out after he's like you promised me you pinky promised me he'd make them pinky promise and then he'd cross it out and it's like this weird like 
he's using his like cult following to like yeah. get to number one and the number one song right now is the box by uh, roddy, roddy rich, rich. <laughs> and it's and i even saw him tweet uh, stream yummy stream yummy and i'm wondering did he did, is justin bieber paying people no because he was on david dobrik's yeah i think uh, i think justin's like paying people but i think roddy rich made that tweet because he just doesn't as a joke like i don't think he just cares he okay. thinks you know the song the box is just doing well like he's uh-huh. i think he's like a pure artist in terms of like that okay and he's just b- making fun of kind of like as a joke yeah but i don't know i just it feels so bad because i actually like the song yeah and he's trying so hard to like make it the number one spot well uh, clearly he had david dobrik like hey i'll be in your video if you put this at the end of your video like to stream yummy because that's what happened right afterwards but also i feel like i think the reason why is because he hasn't released a song in so long he's so he's probably so worried that if he does release a song it's not gonna do well and he's like not gonna be able to live up to like his old success yeah so he's probably overdoing it yeah there could be a lot of reasons to it it could also also um i think he's trying to copy lil nas x because Lil Nas mm. X did the same thing, but he did it naturally. He did it through like memes and... And he did it himself. Like he, he didn't do it a crude way. Like he would make it as a joke, like, hey, leave Old Town Road um, repeating on Spotify while you sleep or something. But it would um. be funny and a joke. So people actually wanted to support it. Yeah. Like people actually wanted to support it. A lot of people on Twitter hate Yummy. Mm. So he's kind of forcing like a song that a lot of people don't like yeah. to go number one. It's like, yo, if people don't like it, don't overdo it. Yeah. It could also be that, you know, uh, maybe he sees the music thing uh, as its own, like, business or whatever. And there are people that treat, you know, that side of things and social media as just their marketing. And they don't actually put their personal lives and things like mm-hmm. that on it. Yeah. And I think the the issue that some people might have with what he's doing is, like, we've seen Justin Bieber go on this, like, really nice uh, spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, he's finally, you know calm down he's figured himself out this and that so he could very well still be on that path mm-hmm. and using this as like his yeah i'm just go on here for business for marketing mm-hmm. uh let me get back on track whatever we don't know what it really is right. but all i know is that it's yeah it is kind of annoying that like that's the way we're seeing it where you know jay-z when he when he said in in uh, a song recently with uh meek mill um what's free he was like you guys are looking at billboard like are you like it's i forget what the line is exactly but um he was saying like are you dumb for re- thinking that billboard is success because we see it all the time like there's artists complaining that there's people selling uh you know packages and and weird things to get to these uh numbers mm-hmm. and it's not actually a valuation of what the art means at all by any means yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Well, with that being said, I'd just like to say that today's sponsor is Justin Bieber. So go make sure that you stream Yummy. Today's spon- yeah. sponsor is actually Shamir. And you should uh, stream uh, <laughs> Make It Ain't Even. <laughs> yeah. That song is fire. Thank mm-hmm. you. On the real. Yes. I listen to it, like, continuously since it came out. <laughs> really? That's a and, huge honor. And Thank actually, you. actually, uh, I was listening to it. I just had it on play, right? I was doing something. And then I was like, hey why don't I just do what Justin Bieber is trying to get people to do? So I just like kept it on overnight and I woke up and it was still playing on, on repeat. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, why don't we do that for us? So I was just like, let me just do that. And, uh, you need to use his marketing techniques. Yeah. Just be annoying with it. (laughs) (laughs) No. Cause like, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you actually like a song and you want that person, especially Mm -hmm. like the person that doesn't 
need it why are you streaming their stuff yeah you know dude in um way? someone did that to one of my old songs um like recently okay from australia and you can see where the person did it yeah and it was like australia and it was a song it was played 500 times and Jeez. and i i like since i released a song right after that it wasn't the top song because someone did that to the old song oh. <laughs> so i'm like why would you do that but i don't know Dang. i don't know if it was on purpose or accident but I don't know. But thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks. No, but I, yeah, I do want to give you a shout out because that the premise of that song and, and just like the realness, the rawness of it is awesome. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm really like glad that you're, you know, continue to, to perfect your sound and work on it harder and, and like your whole craft. And uh, it's always exciting when you see people that you are rooting for, you know, do that and continue to get better and, and you actually become fans. Like that's my favorite thing. Like, yeah. you know, when, when you're friends with somebody who is actually making, you know, content or some sort of product or creation, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And we have a few friends like this where it's just like we actually like their stuff. Yeah. That's always the best feeling. Right. Yeah. So always just like support your friends no matter what, I think. Um, and, and even if you don't necessarily, you know, you, you're not necessarily a fan of them yet. Yeah. I think that support, support can eventually get them to that spot. Mm -hmm. And also you can become a fan of anyone just by supporting like who they are as a person sure. sometimes if like, you believe in what they are yeah. and what they do and stuff yeah. yeah sure um on that note let's bring in uh someone who helped craft who this person is today <laughs> in in a in a way of their own who is shamir's uncle today who is our stranger on the podcast um hadi aka polo man um he has uh, you know some stories that make him maybe the most interesting man from Pakistan <laughs> um, and just kind of tells you what it's like coming from a country and a culture completely different and figuring out what it means to have a purpose and continuously finding that purpose in different parts of the world. Um, so without further ado, we're excited to bring to you Hadi. I've been making movies since the fifth grade. I ain't take seriously since the mixtape and I'm still broke with the same fate, blessed with the same fate. Younger self will be mad cause I ain't even made Polo man in the building. Polo. Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> um, so you're Shamir's uncle. Correct. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just start off with this. Like, um, what's your relationship like with Shamir um, since he was little to like now? Okay, sure. Uh, so we're like eight years apart. I'm 31. I'll be 32 actually pretty soon. Eight years? Yeah. Oh. So it's the same uh, gap between me and my younger brother. Oh wow! Yeah. I actually so so he actually came to Pakistan. He was very young. Him and uh, Sana came together actually, and that's when I saw him kick Sana like straight up in the shin. <laughs> like um, our friend Sana. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's, I, I don't remember Rebecca, Rebecca Black. So <laughs> so yeah. So he came to Pakistan. He was very uh, you know cute kid, but he never let any of us touch him because he was like always because he never seen us before. You know, me and my sister. Uh, which is his mom his mom yeah older okay. yeah his mom's like oldest and then have your brother and then sister and then me so i'm the youngest okay so so he came and then he got up finally got along with us so he basically ate what i ate like maggie noodles <laughs> like every time i cook something and he, he would take like pork quarter of it and eat it um then you know and then i moved to the u.s when i was 10 or 11 uh we moved to uh, his house they used to live in Colombia we lived there for a couple months and we moved to Chicago 
then his mom dropped him off to Chicago and then you know so I always saw him as a little brother growing up versus a nephew versus a nephew exactly uh, but his younger brother I least saw him as a nephew but mm. funny thing is none of them called me uncle or anything they just called me straight about Hadi you know which yeah. I like how does your mom feel about that Shamir I don't think she cares yeah. oh really yeah. like I think early on she was like oh call him Mamu Mamu but we never listened yeah. <laughs> I think I deep down like behind the back I'm like just call me Hadi like, <laughs> just, yeah. give us some dirt on him yeah what's something Is funny or embarrassing that happened to Shamir when or that he does he was, he was a little so in Pakistan it was yeah. super hot so he always walked around in diapers and one day I guess he, just, he took a little you know number two in his thing but it wasn't like it was just like a ball and then he was running around he put his hands in the back and you're like what is he doing and he's like he's like just digging digging and he comes out he's like he's like you know how you throw a pokeball no. he just throws it no. and he gets stuck on like something and just rolls down oh my god my mom had to clean it, but it was expected, you know. He, it was expected because you know Americans. When you go to Pakistan, you eat all this food, you just you get diarrhea or something. So it Thank gosh, it wasn't diarrhea. Yeah. No, it was a solid ball, like a pokeball. <laughs> like, so that's the only thing I can say. Okay. No, he used to uh, when he moved to Chicago. I was like what six or something. Yeah, and he used to prank me all the time. Like when he well when he also moved uh, to our house for like a little bit, yeah. just prank me all the time. Like what? There's this one time um, I was sleeping and he had this like devil mask. Like literally it was a devil. It was a monkey gorilla. No, no, it was a devil. Oh, the really? horns, remember? Oh, oh that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So um, He's like, oh, that, that one, part of my mask collection. <laughs> so I was sleeping, right? And I think I was sleeping in the room alone and he puts the devil mask right in front of where I wake up. And so I woke up and in the middle of the night for some reason. And I and then I see the devil mask, and I literally thought the devil was right in front of me. Like I thought I was in hell or something. And I How old were you? I was six. Oh geez. So and the I, story behind it, he would always bother me. Oh, oh let's play, let's play. And I'm like, yo, let, let me watch like Batman Beyond or whatever's coming on TV. <laughs> but he would always bother me. So I figured out a way to like get him not to go downstairs in the basement or anywhere because in the basement I took like I made this fake like a body. And then I put the devil mask and stuffed it with clothes. So it looked like it was full. Oh my god! And he'd be like, "Don't talk to it. He's sleeping." <laughs> so he'd be like, "Shh." Jeez. So I figured out a way just to like not have him bother me all the time. But and then like he was like, "Let's play hide and seek." One time, and I was like, "All right, I'm down." And then he like hid somewhere so well. And then I was like, "I was trying to find you. I couldn't find you." He was like, "I, I turned invisible." So like anytime we play hide and seek, like I bang on like places. I'm like, are you here? Are you here? Like on the wall. I'm mean, a dumb kid. <laughs> no, you remember, Ham- remember Hamza when he locked himself in the bathroom playing hide and seek? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, that was another thing. That's funny. No, but you guys have like a <clears throat> awesome relationship. Hadi, you came with us um, on a few trips now, which was like really awesome. So it's cool to see that dynamic. Yeah. Where, like, now I would say me and him are more like friends. Yeah. Because. Um, uh, I think a couple of years ago, his dad moved to Texas and uh, I moved in with them because, you know, there was no, nah, his mom was always working. Yeah. So you needed a man in the house because Shamir wasn't. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I moved in and then, you know, we developed more, you know, uh, relationship in a closer way that bond. closer bond. And yeah. um, so that was, you know, pretty interesting. And now, like, you know, I've heard, every time I see him, we just, you know, see each other as a friend. Even his mom sometimes. He doesn't know, but randomly calls me like if he's if she sees him and you know uh, stressed out. She mm-hmm. like you know can you reach out to him and things like that. And I do that you know it's just yeah. you know. F- 
because these are the only two nephews that are, I can connect directly because my other nephews and siblings they're either in Pakistan or mm -hmm. they're too young yeah. for me to connect. you guys have similar interests too like correct you but like the things that he geeks out about I noticed that like you're even more so into like yeah whether it be Star Wars or like, yeah. you know, no, no, all that I, kind of I think stuff. he shaped like all my interests, right? Like literally everything. Sense. I taught him how to play Xbox, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he used to come and play Halo, and it was you know you could play two players yeah. a split screen. So I would drive and I would tell him yo shoot these aliens. So he was yeah. really good at it. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone has that like cool uncle, and that that was you for him, but like yeah. on a different level. Yeah. Um, what do you think about like what he does now, or like when you first found out that like he was kind of doing this? youtube route with like the media stuff going on and all that like what do you think of that and um what do you think of it now so <clears throat> i think i remember uh, i remember seeing you at my house in ramadan one time randomly you came oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that was when we did the uh show the show at virginia something like john route the eat yeah, yeah. or something yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so that was like that was my first like time meeting you and you know so later he told me more about you and things like that i i thought you know Personally, uh, back in like 2006, one of my videos went viral on YouTube. I made a collage, like a montage for this radio station, Hot 99.5, and they played it so much. It was one of those top like viewed videos, but you know, I never continued because yeah. I wanted to do that. I was like, because I got a job at the government. I'm like, you know what? I can't be posting ratchet stuff. Or, <laughs> so I have to like, I took it down. I had like thousand followers when I was like making like dumb videos. So it, when I saw him doing it, I was like, oh, he, carrying the legacy of you know what i wanted to do but he's doing it but even yeah. better yeah so you know i just felt like you know at least you know he has a support from his parents and things like that so i thought that was very uh amazing that he's actually taking that route instead yeah. of doing the traditional you know wake up little job and everything yeah. so you know it's so, all you know inshallah i hope you know you know both of you guys you know make it happen and amber <laughs> well, of course, uh, well amber has different goals she told me she wants to get married and have kids so <laughs> Hold on. amber never said any such thing we had a hot topic discussion about it back in uh, houston i was just trolling them like yeah you want to have kids you know they're gonna sing because of global warming What's the fuck? oh my god yeah i think we're all our kids are screwed for that kind of stuff. but shamir carrying on the polo man legacy tell us about that name where does polo man come from <clears throat> So I don't know how, how old you guys were back in 2000, but, but I was like 11 going in middle I was in middle school and we used to use AOL, AOL uh, American online service for the Internet. OK. And so is that dial up? Yeah. 56K modem. So we would go to Kmart, we buy the CD and it had like thousand hours. And if but if you do math, there's I think there's less more than like less than thousand hours in a month or whatever anyways it was ridiculous amount of hours you could use to log in so we used to use uh aol messenger aim yeah short form. Mm -hmm. so you know i used to love watching polo sports like you know in pakistan it's pretty famous you know with their own horse yeah, ride their horse and the cross so yeah. and so all my school like all my friends so i was new i barely spoke english well i knew i understood everything but it was a confidence that i didn't have to speak english mm -hmm. well so all these kids have all these cool names and so i'm like yo what can i make so i looked to the left i saw like you know polo cologne i'm like okay let me type polo so my after so many tries because you know some of them were taken is it was polo one two three man four five six so uh. i kept that for like as long as i could and then xbox came and then i made the tag like polo man just yeah. to carry on from there on like every online profile i made it was just like you know what just an easy polo just, man just be consistent polo man i'm glad there. there's a story behind it like yeah. that's good to know <laughs> and you could actually rock those 
polo shirts then while knowing because i feel like anybody that wears polo they're just like yeah, what? and what then sport? I, I don't know how it started on my instagram somebody just like i made this pose with my like my hand on my chin and looking up mm-hmm. like oh that's the that's the polo man move so i made a hashtag <laughs> i made a hashtag do the polo man so i don't know if you go if you go on the hashtag you might see like random people around the world be doing that and tagging really me. yeah like I'll, I'll show you like somebody in italy somebody stuck in traffic i'm like yo it has to be at <laughs> that's a fire so i should do it more often i just you know haven't had a chance but it's, it's so many places you could do but then you also go to a place where you can't do a polo and i'm like okay like in Nor- in Norway, I was like, where, where should I do? What is Norway famous for? Oh, so like you're saying, like have a have a good background, like a, of like a, that place, like a, if you're in a city and yeah. the city's famous for something, you uh-huh. can do in front. Oh, like you a, do in front of that, in front of that, like a Got structure it. or monument or whatever. Okay, okay. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you talked about like your um, getting the confidence, you know, when you came here. So I think one of the first things that people notice about you, and especially like you know when you're in a group setting is like that confidence and that swag that you have um and did you always have that like where did that come from so as you can see uh i'm wearing like a (laughs) hawaiian shirt so people make fun of me and a funny thing is like i don't know how it got into me but one uh, my mom one day told me like oh you're my dad used to wear the similar shirts and um shami knows and but you guys he was he was welch he was actually white Ooh. Like my our grandpa, like my mom's dad. Yeah, like hundred percent white. Hundred percent white. Wait, what? From Wales, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Did interesting. You know that? No, I didn't know that. What was his actual I, name? So his real name. So what happened was before the split of Pakistan and India, his parents were there. I think they were. This there. Is your grandpa? Yeah, my mom's great grandpa. His great grandpa, my grandpa, his great grandpa. Yeah. That's crazy. So and when before the split, he was in India, or, you know, that mm-hmm. region with his parents. I think his parents were in the British Royal Army and. Uh, they got assassinated or they died somehow and he was pretty young so some lady adopted him and um, she changed his name and whatever and she raised him with other siblings who looked nothing like him like he was six feet two and his siblings were like five feet ten and they were like super dark skin but they saw him as brother and throughout everybody's life they, they were like questioning like he's not related like how come he's like completely different so when he passed away in 98 from a blood cancer, <clears throat> they were going th- through his you know, uh, birth certificate, and his name was David Gregory Anthony. Oh, that was wow. his real name. And he was like kind of adopted, basically? <laughs> basically, huh. but he, he never knew because he was too little. And the, the lady who adopted him changed his name and religion and everything. So when he died, he, he died. He spoke Urdu? He spoke Urdu with like a British accent. Like he, I'll show you guys his picture. He looks like, you know, like uh, one of those actors, old those Khan whatever looks just like him like glasses like cool mm. swag so my mom told me that he would wear shirts like that and and then my dad would wear it too because my dad actually was his student at the gym and that's how he met my mom because my grandpa was like you know what you're a good guy because he would work out with him at the gym and mm-hmm. they were both bodybuilders and that's how they met so in terms of confidence wise like when i moved here uh it was very hard uh, adjusting because you lose all your friends and and you're getting exposed because we were in chicago and only had one pakistani friend and and that's when 9 11 happened and that's when, like the whole uh environment changed for me because i saw like how the people changed uh, except for one professor mr keen he was like my favorite i still is actually keep in touch with him 
besides him, every other teacher and like kid in the school just turned 180, 180 degrees. And it was kind of like, did a, you did you experience like any sort of like harassment? Yeah, or, or like I remember. So we used to, I used to do wrestling, and there was this one kid. Uh, not gonna say his name, but he say, "Oh, your your cousin Osama is this." Yeah. I heard it. I'm like, I looked over. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I ignored it. But then my other Pakistani friend, he was like, uh, he was born and raised here, so he was like, "Yo, don't take shit from him. Just you know, knock him." I'm like, I'm not gonna hit him. So somehow we ended up being partners in wrestling uh, t- uh, training, right? So she, my coach was like, "Oh, you guys are partner." And I'm like, okay, I went all out, man. I just choked <laughs> him out. <laughs> so that was my revenge on him, but. Nobody picked fight with us because we were like pretty big kids yeah. in, in high school, in, in middle school. Mm-hmm. And but the teachers were, you know, always on our case. Like, if me and this other white kid did something, he would take me to the principal's office or not other person. And when I would say something, I'm like, yo, he's doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and he was like, I didn't see him, but I saw you. So that's what I was like. I'm like, you know what? Okay, cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was like the time where you know, I was like, you know what? I have to be more uh, confident and you know, don't be scared. And that's when the whole journey started. Then I moved to Maryland and, you know, I just... How did you, me. like, uh, you know, sort of keep your ground and not turn toward... Or, I mean, for, from what we see now, you're very, like, uh, approachable and you and you like people of all kinds. So, like, how did that not shape you towards, like, having this, you know, retaliation towards either white people or, like, you know, people that didn't look like you in general? So, <clears throat> as you guys know, I love to travel and... Every country I've been to, whether it's a country dominated by white people or brown people or Arab Arab people, there's racism, uh, there's retaliation among people there. Like in Iceland, for example, people say it was the happiest country in the world, but the reality is they have their own problem. There's there's the high rate of syphilis. They have very people are depressed over there for because there's not enough sunlight or not enough work, and they have racism against each other. Like they hate Romanians or they would hate Polish people because they have the same concept. Oh, like we say, oh, Mexicans are taking our jobs or Spanish people are taking our jobs. Mm. They have the same concept there. And now that's coming from the locals over there because when I travel, I try to interact with locals just to get what's happening, right? Uh, Malaysia, for example, you have Chinese, South Indians, and Pakistanis, and you have racism among them, like this sort of like, Chinese were like, oh, government gives jobs to Pakistani people more, Indian, not us, or things like that. Yeah. So. Keeping that in mind, when I moved here or when I when I come back to the United States, I realize you know what, uh, it's so it, it, pe- bad people are everywhere around the world. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we're not the only one. Yeah, we're not perfect, but you know, we're not the worst either. We, you know, America has given me a lot more than my own country, so I'm not gonna be like uh, one of those like victimized people and just stay there. I was like, you know what, that's it. You know, you were rude to me. I, I you know, screw you too. Like, I, f- I feel like. <clears throat> Anywhere you go in the world, you're gonna see the same thing, and if you're gonna keep the mentality of, you know what, uh, you're racist, you're mean, don't talk to me. Like mm-hmm. you can change other person's perspective by your action. Yeah. So then, having that experience and traveling across the world, and but still being born in Pakistan and spending a good amount of your time here, how do you hold on to your like Desi culture? What do you more identify with? How do you balance that? So, <clears throat> one thing I have noticed, um, uh, it's there's I don't know if you guys have talked to or interacted with Desi people around the world, but we are a different breed in U.S. compared to Europe or Asia. 
um, I feel like you mean like Pakistani Americans, Pakistani Indian Americans India, in general. correct? Okay. Like in in Europe, for example, they bring their culture with them and they don't grow out of it. Like they would have the same mentality, like oh, lurky should a girl should get married early or this and that. Like she shouldn't go, she shouldn't do this. But us, we are more tolerant. We we try to become more westernized in a way, in a positive way, not like. You know, we're doing everything that you know uh, Westerns are doing, but we still keep our taking respect. the best of both worlds. Best of both yeah. worlds, and we try to understand that we we're not like completely blinded by like no, this is our culture. We're gonna bring it here no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, in terms of keeping respect for my culture and and pra- and all those practices, um, I try to practice Urdu first of all with my parents I speak Urdu with them whatever I try to read articles in Urdu so I can have a little bit of you know uh, that sense that okay I'm from Pakistan you know I need to maintain the language the culture yeah so I have uh, my best friends actually from all different provinces I have Pashtun Pathan friend I have Punjabi Sindhi and all those so I speak with them in Urdu because that's the common language that we all speak and if they speak different language i can actually understand a little bit like sindhi for example is you know saad for example he speaks sindhi with his dad and his dad was speaking i understood everything because in pakistan i took sindhi okay. so i brought it with me so it's like one of those things like people uh i tell people like i try to keep the tradition uh in a way like to respect and not uh, you're probably gonna see me not following the culture to a point where you know, somebody my age, they expect to have kids by now, married and things like that. So <clears throat> all that perspective changed with my experience by traveling and interacting with people, yeah. um, things like that. I think I see that with Shamir a lot, actually. Um, I think when I first met you, um, I from up until like, you know, the next year and the next year after that, I saw you growing more and more fond of your culture and kind of like, yeah. learning and practicing things like Urdu for example like you always speak Urdu with my mom yeah. even though you don't have to but it's just like to keep that alive is that something that you you know learn from watching Hadi as well I think like you had a kind of American experience growing up and like yeah. h- how would you say that like you know seeing him and I, I think his when I was growing up I kind of saw him like kind of be assimilated to the American culture because I think he was trying to like assimilate into the American culture Mm. and then there was a point I think like probably after high school for him or college where he like started hanging out with more Desi people I see him with more Desi people and then after I like uh, early college like it just came back to me because I used to watch like Bollywood movies with my parents when I was young and stuff like that and talking so that I always like respected that Mm. but um, I don't know I, I think it just came to me like naturally I wasn't necessarily like looking at Hadi right. like saying it well but. I say that because I think that's something like for example um, I had a very you know growing up in Pakistan for, for my childhood coming here I saw people that were older like my parents and then their friends and even some people who were in high school that we looked at as fobs like fresh off the boat yeah. and I remember being a kid and being like I don't want to be that I don't want to be made fun of I don't want to be like that they see that I stand out in that way and so I was like kind of shifting away from, you know, the culture to sort of try to fit in. Yeah. And uh, then later on realizing like, you know, for example, you gave a great story about the Hawaiian shirt yeah. and like, you know, the things that you learned fr- from your uh, grandfather, which is just like the, you know, our roots and our culture is all we have. So another thing I uh, want to add to it is like when you speak your pers- your native tongue and the other ones. Uh, I'll give you a great example. So on Saad's wedding, I was driving your parents around to, uh, you know, um, to the venue. And I heard your dad talk to your mom in her ears like, oh, you know, 
in, in, in Urdu, but I'll say in English. He was like, you know, this kid is like so intellectual. Like he under he speaks very well, and he's very like you know well traveled, and you know can't believe. You Don't know. be too flattered. <laughs> well, no, no, my dad, my dad did <laughs> talk about him afterwards. He was like, yeah, uh, Hadi was very sweet. He's very intellectual. The point is, like, uh, if you speak different languages, if you uh, you can carry conversation with any age, For any sure. person around the world, if whether they're Desi, Indian, Pakistani, mm-hmm. Bengali you can connect with them on their level you don't like if i were to get my point across to let's say your parents or his parents right i have to speak their language the one they are more comfortable with mm. yeah english is you know everybody speaks english but when you speak the native tongue with the person who actually you know knows more about the language than you they kind of will understand you more like, yeah like you know what okay. and that's so true because i think you know seeing my parents uh sort of like navigate when we came here was one of the most comfortable things for them was always just like they would see someone who's brown and then they would kind of be like they might be working at a store or something and they wouldn't know like necessarily Mm -hmm. where they're from or something and then one of the phrases that they use often is and that gives them comfort and means our people and that means that okay i can have a like a natural conversation with them at this point now it becomes like a thing where they start giving you hospitality. They right. understand what you like your needs, right? Because our needs are not going to be the same as right. American people. So, like, right. even if you go to a restaurant, for example, they'll be like, "Oh, you want chai, right? Like yeah. that's a that's a part of our meal or something. Or you want this this way? You want mm-hmm. this spicier? And those are things that like you can connect to on on that level of people, right? Um, we were talking about travel and stuff, so I kind of want to get into uh, some of your stories because. I think some of your stories, uh, people would think that like you might be the most interesting man in the world. Um, so I'll just go down the list because sure. these seem uh, really interesting. You said, when I was eight, I had dreams about angels asking me to find my purpose in life, which led me on my spiritual journey. Talk about that. Right. So that's like one of those big things happened in my life uh, growing up. Um, so when I was eight years old, I, you know, there was a mosque right near our house. And every morning, whenever the call for prayer went off, you heard it. I would still pray here and there, but I remember that dream so like as as if I was like a like it happened yesterday. I was sleeping and I had a dream. It was a bird's eye view um, in the park, and you know, my generation grew up playing outside in the park, like besides the games and all that. We did. Ha- I did have Sega Genesis, but I played maybe like an hour a day. But most of our times were spent playing outside, outside yeah. rough. And then I guess your generation came that you were like in, in the middle, like half yeah. in, half in outside. In Pakistan, we played outside. Yeah. Coming right. here, it was like and we would play. We would play rough. We would hit each other with like balls and you know, <laughs> balls or whatever. But anyway, and so ball poop. Yeah. So <laughs> so, so the dream was uh, the bird's eye view, and it was me on the uh, seesaw. And the other side of the uh, end was, uh, I think, Jibreel uh, Gabriel, Gabriel. Uh, Which is an angel you can find in Quran. In Quran, Bible, Abrahamic religions. Mm-hmm. And obviously I didn't see the face. It was just like a flash. And there were other angels around just doing whatever. And the flash spoke to me saying, you know, the time is near. You should find your purpose. And I woke up. And literally when I woke up, my eyes opened. I just heard the call for prayer. And uh, I just couldn't. Uh, stop thinking about it got up got ready went to the mosque and what does at eight years old what does purpose even mean so that was interesting uh, at that time I thought my purpose was to get on the path of praying and okay like a religious like religious sort of, yeah. so I got on that I started praying every day five times a day things like that and then it evolved 
throughout my life to what it meant um in our culture we i don't know if you guys know but we tend to name kids because the name had a significant effect on the person for example my name hadi like it's one of those 99 names of allah and hadi means the one who shows the right path the guidance mm -hmm. right so i feel like my purpose of uh in this world could have been show the right path to people now the right path doesn't necessarily mean that if you're a muslim i want to guide you toward islam or anything i have so many incidents in my life where the person was actually a christian and she was confused she wanted to convert to islam but through my actions through my my talking to her she actually stayed christian and she started going to church started doing more of her work and i felt like i was able to help her find her path yeah, right. I didn't actually forcefully take her and it's like this is your path. Like mm. I'm not one of those people. Like, so one of the things happened to me back in 2010. Um, again, this is a period where I was still adjusting in America, and this was my first uh, uh, another experience that happened in my life. Uh, 2010, it was December 23rd. I still remember it was like my lunch break. I used to work at State Department in Washington D.C. near Foggy Bottom. I was going for lunch, I was in my suit, and I see this lady on the phone talking, and she wasn't paying attention. I go to 7-Eleven and come back with my food, and I see there's a bunch of old people circling around this area, and they're, they're screaming, they call 911, call 911. I walk over, and I see the lady actually fell in the manhole. Um, it was filled with like sewage water, yeah. and it was freezing cold, and I saw to my right, it was a big guy just eating McDonald's and looking down. I'm like, yo, bro, can you help pull her out? He's like, he's like, no, I already called 911. I'm like, okay, cool. And her daughter was like standing close by and she was crying and I just couldn't help. So I just took my jacket off, whatever, got on my knees, pulled her out. I told her, hey, you know, on count of three, just jump and I can pull, pull you out. So she did it. I pulled her out and my clothes got dirty, whatever. I'm like, you know, shit, I have to go back to work. So I go back to work. I go to my boss's office and I tell her, hey, you know, this is what happened. I don't feel comfortable. Can I go home? She's like, yeah, yeah, go home. And she was very proud because a couple of years ago, she actually fell in the same manhole. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So she was like, go home. <laughs> take care of that manhole. <laughs> so that's incredible, though. You're like a superhero. Yeah. So I felt like when driving, taking Metro home, I was just like in shock thinking like, yo, I didn't even think twice. And yeah. that how like it made me so much happier. In what was her reaction when she... When you pull her out. I, honestly, I don't even remember because I just walked away. She I didn't was, go for like a kiss. No, it was old. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like thinking, like you know how superheroes say. But her daughter was yeah. cute. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> <laughs> but so check this out. So on my way back, I just had this whole like a uh, life thing experience going through my head. I'm like, you know what? I was there to help this lady out, yeah. things like that. And that time, I was actually super, super depressed. Like I was going through a lot of stuff, like you know, bad breakup and. Uh, you know my family was in Pakistan I was supposed to go visit them but my job told me I can't travel and so I was like kind of lonely and you know obviously I couldn't just go to I wanted to be by myself so mm. that thing happened that made me really happy I'm like okay you know there's uh, that moment I realized there's more to it uh, in the world than just girls money cars whatever so that was that was my like uh, you can kind of say reincarnation you know, in Hinduism, they say a person dies and comes back. But you can also have a reincarnation when you're still alive. Your soul goes through this new phase of moment where you realize, you know what, there's other things. There's other meanings to life. You start searching for something. You become a different person, right? Do you think that, like, um, 
when you were younger, sort of having that experience of like this purpose thing, that being engraved in your head, that every time that you had these similar experiences, it kept guiding you in that way, the same way that like faith would like, oh, this is purpose, this is purpose. And that kept you on the right track or do you think? Right, so uh, I would definitely would say uh, faith has actually kept me in the right path because I remember growing up in high school and I don't know if the same case with you, but with me, I really had low self-esteem. Like I would literally hear like some girls be like, oh, ew, he's ugly, just like that, right? Oh, so, wow. so it would hit me differently. I'm like, I'm like, oh, damn, like I'm ugly. But I had really low self-esteem, <laughs> right? So it was just one of the things like growing up and I was just like constantly you know doubting myself constantly seeing like other people getting successful that's this is before the this the life-saving experience i was telling about okay. just like uh, in the middle um so one day i was so angry i'm like you know what i need my answers right now and i opened the quran i was like you know what allah you have to show me answers or else i'm just gonna i don't know i'm just gonna stop praying or whatever um i opened the chapter uh random random page and the chapter that came out was about jonah uh salam. he was the one who was swallowed by fish mm-hmm. the whale and then uh, the thing that was highlighted to me it says we punished him because he didn't have enough patience and the word patience just stood out to me so like it was like bald like it was just like shiny i'm like i'm like patience okay mm-hmm. that moment on i got a you know got accepted in a college university of maryland i wanted to go there but i kept getting declined like three times i got declined and i was like like you what i need to get in this college this is my dream because none of my siblings been to college in the united states so mm-hmm. i want to be the first one because uh, his mom shamir's mom finished college in pakistan and mm-hmm. then she got married so i was the only one in the u.s and i wanted to get to the university of maryland college bar but i kept getting declined and so rejected so i felt i was just miserable i'm like i'm getting you know no results and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have patience. Whatever happens. And that moment on, man, I kid you not, got accepted in the University of Maryland, got my first, like, a government job, you know, working under Hillary Clinton. And it just kept going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And the guilt uh, and then the ans- the questions I had previously, I started getting the answers for them, too. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I was going through a test, and I passed because I didn't give up. Because, yeah. you know, I wanted to give up, but... You know, God showed me the, the, the patience. Like, yeah. you got to have patience. I think w- what I was getting at uh, with my question was kind of like, a lot of us have these types of experiences. I think you're able to really uh, pick up know, on symbolize it. these things right. and like find yeah. find meaning behind a lot of it. Correct. So um, that was like one of the things that, you know, I, I feel like one of my purpose is to show the younger generation who have problem understanding what the purpose in life mm-hmm. uh, right so especially this community we have so many uh girls especially who are trapped in the house and you know they try to use marriage to get freedom or things like that or some kids who don't understand like they're being forced to do like uh, certain things that their parents want them to do. like i was in the same boat my dad was like you have to do engineering this and that but i broke out of it i i, I ended up graduating with econ and then i went back again i did cybersecurity, but i took the initiative for myself and I feel like I can, as, as one of my purpose to show the person the right path is I can help them understand, look, it's okay to mm. step outside and not listen to your parents. Obviously, don't disrespect them, but you can do what you want to do. And you can, especially in America, yeah. there's so much out there you could do. You yeah. Can. Um, you have another one here that says you witnessed a very tragic and near-death experience in Pakistan. What was that about? Man, so Karachi used to be a 
uh, you know when you have all these thugs here like yeah i'm a thug i can i'm a g i'm like yo you haven't seen anything <laughs> karachi is the spot where back in like 90s it used to be like you know like lots of shooting lots of uh you know murders and things like that and growing up uh, you know people think i'm a psychopath but i'm not because everything i see something like like a like a like a blood or something i just like i stay calm just because when i was growing up i witnessed so many uh there was an incident where there was a robbery and there was a guy he had people as a hostage and i remember uh he went on the rooftop and us kids were like hiding in like bush looking at him like yo yo that's the guy he has a gun and within an instant his head just blows up oh no he got sniped by cops and we saw his kids and he just he saw his body and and then we actually went afterwards looked at the body closely so growing up it was normal for us like uh, me as a kid i was like oh that's cool and then one time i was in the market uh, buying some chicken for my mom and there was a shootout uh there's like a bunch of people came with ak-47 they start shooting randomly and i remember my instinct kicked in i jumped behind this like a barrier and i just like hid there for like you know an hour and my brother came <clears throat> picked me up but experiencing all this stuff uh really like made me realize sensitize you yeah sort of but i still feel some sort of a way like i would look out for people who need help right mm-hmm. if they are going through something like recently happened uh, two years ago i was in barcelona and i kid you not i crossed the street and i looked back and it was an isis attack i was right there uh, yeah, yes yeah. two years ago remember yeah, yeah that's crazy it was there three days after it happened yeah so i was literally I mean, there it when it happened i looked at it with my own eyes and i'm looking at it and i can't comprehend I'm like okay is this a normal accident or this guy just like ran through people i wasn't even thinking about it, it was isis mm-hmm. attack or terrorist attack it was when the truck went through a whole bunch of people right? yeah it was at the Ram- ramblers that was the area so i was just like cool about it I'm, I'm like okay you know stay calm and people just screaming and running i went back to the hotel came out and it was just locked down and i kept getting calls from like my work and my friends like are you okay are you traumatized i'm like yo i'm fine they're like you witnessed all that and you, you're okay and obviously i couldn't tell them like yo this is what happened i'm a thug yeah. like i'm not gonna say that yeah, but yeah. it's just like uh <laughs> i learned to stay calm when I see things like that, hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, one of my phobias are going to the hospital and seeing like, you know, you know, sick people and old people that just gets me all the time because there's a st- story behind it too. Like, but you know, it's just one of the things like uh, those near death experiences and actually, you know, being close to die when, when the shootout happened. Like, I I just feel like, you know, like you can make this world a better place because you know when you see all these. Uh, World War Three memes happening and all this funny stuff going on. Like we're just taking everything so like as a joke as a now. Joke. And I, I feel like some of these people who are making fun of it, they won't be able to comprehend what I have seen as a kid. Mm-hmm. They'll be just like, "Holy crap! Like what is this?" Like nowadays, like you know, uh, on the TV, they have so much censorship now because they think violence is gonna make you know these kids more violent, mm-hmm. which is not true yeah. because. That, that's what it is though right like it's like we don't, we're not able to comprehend uh, especially the younger generation of like what it is actually like to go through war or you know uh, fear for your life or anything like that I mean I would say that I don't even know what that's right. necessarily like I just remember the feeling that a lot of people had um, you know around 9-11 and, and you know like growing up and seeing people actually get attacked for their race or their religion or things so yeah, like people just don't know what it's like, and I think for you to have having actually experienced it, like you understand that 
it's not time to joke it's not time to panic either correct it's time to you know get it together and figure out solution a solution right hmm. um yeah and then so you said your purpose led you to travel around the world uh with a friend you talked a lot about uh, yeah. traveling so what are some of like the things that you kind of experienced sure yeah so journeys? so after the incident of 2010 the the lady. yeah so uh what happened was when i came back the next day to work i had a like a little card on my desk and i was like well whoa, what's that and, and i opened it and it was from the lady and oh, she was like thank you so well. much uh, what happened was how she knows you so as a government employee you have the badge they okay. call it piff card whatever so when i was going inside help picking her up i guess she's her daughter i i gave it to a whole she saw it where i work and actually she happened to work in state department too oh. so she you know it's easy you could just go to uh, uh your global list type in the name and shows up so mm. she found out where i was and you know there was a saying thank you so much uh you know for you know saving you yeah, know, me and nice. whatever so that actually hit me so like differently and then i was like you know what what can i do um that uh, i can reach out to people uh, f besides this area and my dad growing up he was in Pakistani International Airlines and he would travel all the time one of the things he taught me is how to travel properly how to pray and how to be generous and those are things I think were the best thing he ever taught me and so I was like okay I need to start traveling because I have families around the world and things like that so I made my first move. I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to book something. So I booked my ticket to London. I've been to London since like 98 and it's been like 12 years. So I went to London and, you know, I was like, okay, this wasn't bad at all. Let's see what else I can do. And then, so as I started traveling, I started encountering and started running into these people who were in need of help in any ways. Now, when I say in need of help, it could have been like some as simple as they wanted somebody to listen to them. Or they wanted somebody who could tell them, like, hey, just go. Like, somebody to push them. Or somebody that they wanted to share their knowledge with somebody, but they couldn't because nobody wanted to listen or nobody wanted to do anything about it. Uh, for example, I met this guy in at the airport. We were waiting for our flight. It was like a five-hour delay. Not delay, sorry, layover. The guy was born and raised in Seoul, Russia, when it was like legit communism mm -hmm. and the stuff he told me what they have like how they were operating and what they have what they would do to a person if he was a drunk person he tried to sit in the car what what would happen to the person and all the social justice things like that i would have never imagined because i never read any of those in the history book in america so that opened up a different world to me that okay this is the site of the, the communism that u.s doesn't talk about is something different then i went to azerbaijan and there i saw like this whole museum dedicated to putin right and things have done like he, they have his underwear his belt <laughs> i was I, I started laughing too and the lady who works there she's like what's so funny uh she's like i was like uh, uh just i've never i would have never thought she's like are you american i was like no 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 i'm from pakistan so that's when i you know saying speaking different language mm -hmm. it comes in handy because sometimes like okay and she says something in urdu she likes like like the Where city and i said oh oh shoot karachi that was that's all she knew that but she was trying to test me if i were like uh you, you know whatever <laughs> yeah. so that was cool because i told her karachi and she knew it was in pakistan so okay. uh again so it was like running into people and then i met this one beautiful lady back in 2013 where uh she had a daughter and she was going through this terrible time and 
um, we met in Amsterdam and then we rode motorcycles to like we went like to Belgium and all that while we were riding we stopped at this place she would tell me what this road is what this place is and things and we connected differently you know and it was the experience and when I was done she was like you know I had the best time I didn't know there were people like that you know who just wanna just hang out with me and not expect anything return like you know what I mean and I was like I'm like oh you know there's plenty of people out there we're still friends and no she's married actually she invited me to a wedding I couldn't go but it's just this, you meet those people and you don't under you never know what you can learn from them or what you can teach them yeah and that's one of those i feel like my purpose leads me to these places randomly like people are like how did you end up in azerbaijan or, yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm just like how do you even interact with these people or like come across these people it's it's my personality i just see and i can feel like okay i can approach this person have a conversation mm. And next thing you know, this person could be going through so much yeah. and you talk to them and then they listen to you. Like I, I've probably explained about Islam and Pakistani culture to all these people in remote areas that would have, they had no idea, but like, oh, ISIS is Islam or things right. like that. Then they had this different perspective, like, oh, okay, it's more than that. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys do this. Is this religion? Like, no, this is cultural. This yeah. is this, that. So explaining them, spreading knowledge, is also just by being yourself just by myself uh for example uh salahuddin ayubi he was the uh the muslim leader during crusade times and when he took over uh palestine uh, that jerusalem when he died and they opened his treasure box there was only one coin gold coin left and people was wondering how can we do his burial he has no money left it turns out he was using his own money his own funds to build churches and synagogues and mosques he didn't just discriminate that oh you know what uh, I'm Muslim so I'm only gonna focus on Muslim the point is he let the people see judge Islam based on his actions mm. because there's a lot of people out there non-Muslim obviously they don't read Quran they don't know about Islam so what they can do is judge the religion based on your character mm. and that's how I feel like you know I can also spread put somebody to uh, take somebody to a right path through my actions yeah were you uh, were you sad when that beautiful lady got married no but here's the thing though when you travel man and you meet people like that yeah. and you you know you fall in love with their personality or you fall in love with the culture and then you leave that hits you another another way and it because you're never gonna see him yeah. again either that or it, it's just a goodbye thing right mm. and you but after traveling to so many countries you your mind gets this sort of a uh, prep like uh, you prep for it like oh, you, yeah. know so what? you don't get too attached too attached which is a double-edged sword but then uh, I also have a control in a way that I can attach myself to someone if I want to but if I don't want to I can also do that like flip the switch mm -hmm. but it took a really long time to get used to get my mind yeah. to a point where okay you know what it's time yeah, for a goodbye you have social media now too so I don't know if that makes it a little bit Harder. Yeah, Harder. that's that a lot of my yeah followers that pe meet people online. They actually met them through Instagram. Like mm. they would like my post and things like that. Okay. And I would post like, "Hey, going to this country or the city?" Oh, they're that's like, dope. They're like, "Oh, Polo you coming?" Yeah, it's like, "Oh, you coming? Yo, yo, can we show you around this and that?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" That's awesome. And, and this is one of the how do you how do you decide like what country you're going to next, or do you just like throw a dart on the mm -hmm. map or something? So I try to go to places and I tell a lot of people to do the same thing uh, go to places where not many Westerns or Americans go to because when you go to a place like for example Azerbaijan 
they have a good relationship Pakistan so they were like okay he's Pakistani but when they found out that I was American they treated me in a different way uh, like okay we don't get too many Americans here let's treat him the best way possible so when he goes back he can spread word and say hey beautiful place beautiful this mm. go visit and honestly I had the best time over there it was so cheap it was so nice it was so historic everything like just amazing like the culture and people there it was funny because the girls there dressed up like like mini skirts like i thought they were just like americans or western but the guys were like completely opposite they looked like they were from like you know post like soviet russia like weird weird sense of style like dress and you had this older generation they're wearing hijabs and like super religious so i was confused but it was such an amazing feeling like you have all this like you know felt not judgmental no not not judgmental at all but they had this class like i couldn't they don't walk next to you if the girls they had this thing like yo it's not uh, it looks good in our culture you have to like keep your distance or things like that so they had still had even though they were dressed like very modern and mm -hmm. all that but they still have that uh muslim yeah like you know keep your distance mm -hmm. don't touch or things like that so that was That's pretty interesting, interesting. Um, and one of the last things you had on here was how your they see culture changed um, after disappointing relationships and modern culture. So what's what's that about? So uh, a lot of my best friends, um, uh, Shamir knows them too, Danish and all of them. Mm -hmm. They're all married. They got married young and all that. They got married for whatever reasons, right? They want to have a family or, you know, they were ready for it, things like that. I personally... I don't don't believe in arranged marriage. That's my personal choice. I mean, it could work for a lot of people. I have my mom, his mom, Shamir's mom, my brother. Like, oh, I have a girl for you, Rishta. Here, I'm like, mm -hmm. look, let me do my own way, cause you know that's the way I can see it will work down the road. So, being in relationship and co a couple of relationships, I I realized, like, for example, one of my relationship, this she was European. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, European. So she was European, and that's when I actually understood what the European Desi culture is about. Those girls over there, they're just she trying. Was to European Desi. The European Desi. Got yeah. it. Girls over there just trying to get married, just to buy freedom, to pursue their goals. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, these Desi people, when they move to European countries, they bring their culture with them, right? And they have these rules and curfews on girls, and they won't let them do at certain times. So these are girls are legit wanting to get married when they're like in their twenty, early twenties, just mm -hmm. to, just so just so they can go and do travel, what do what they want, and travel or fashion, whatever. So I learned that the hard way. Like you know what, this girl's you know, uh, after explaining her my situation over and over, I'm like look, you know, just give me like eight months of this you know uh, oh, so she was pressuring you yeah it was like pressure for n in a negative way and then she was a lot younger than me she was six years younger than me and there was one of the things like her mom just for some reason just didn't like the fact that you know i was i have a beard because if i have a beard like what does that make me super religious again this is going back to the fact that they bring the culture with them yeah, like the social so, norms so stuff. yeah he has a beard so he must be super religious oh he wears rings so he's a beard like literally like why do you wear rings i'm like yo this is part of my fashion what does that make me a beer you know beer those what like is that? beer is like those uh those people and back home in temples they sit there like at the and they do like special prayer for you they're they're kind of like a holy healers which is i don't believe in them but mm -hmm. they just wear rings kind of like a black magic or they have some special powers so it's sort of like that and over the time i was like i'm like you know what if 
this is going to continue with your mom and your siblings keep going to pressure you for it's going to be pretty negative down the road because mm -hmm. what if they start coming it's like oh when are you going to have kids hurry up right now I'm yeah. in, i want grandkids and i'm one of those people like don't tell me what to do like let me do it on my own pace mm -hmm. right what's the rush right if if it's if it's meant to be it will happen calm down like all these daisy people uh, uh be like just have this timeline like mm -hmm. you're this now okay uh, you have to do this you're this years old you have to do this mm -hmm. and i don't understand you know like like why have they have this you know concept like you have to our parents are different generation right they got married and mashallah they all of our parents you know they have happy like your parents you know they're happy shamir's parents everybody's parents are happy and that's because they were in a different environment right mm -hmm. we grew up in the u.s we have we've seen so much uh in terms of a different point of view and so we understand okay what's working what's not working right because mm -hmm. what may work for them doesn't mean it will work for us and so in, in these relationships and seeing how they act and what they're trying to accomplish made me realize that there's more to it than just wanting to settle down and be with someone so another thing that when i travel right solo or with a friend i've learned to be myself in a way i can be entertained by myself like if i'm by myself i can entertain myself i can be at peace it mm -hmm. doesn't bother me mm -hmm. if i'm alone or not and people don't understand is a lot of these girls that trying to get married early age they have this complex issue like i have to be with someone or i have to be in a relationship there's some people out there that just have to be in a relationship they can't be by themselves mm -hmm. and that's that's very destructive in a way that okay god forbid if anything happens to me what, what are you gonna do you you, you got, you're gonna be like completely dependent on me what's gonna happen to you but they're also raised to believe that they will have somebody to be dependent on exactly so it's, not, it's not self it's, it doesn't stem from themselves it stems from what they're taught it, exactly like you know it goes back to what they've observed and since they're just like inside house so much they observe and they you know see their parents and so they're like okay this is it this is gonna continue but mm -hmm. they don't understand that other person has different values different perspective and i'm straightforward if i meet somebody i tell them hey this is i'm, I'm about this if you're looking for kids asap this or that it may not work because uh, i if you're gonna be with me i want you to explore I want you to see the world what the way I see it. If I'm sitting by myself at the beach, just chilling, smoking shisha, whatever, just enjoying myself, <laughs> I can do that. Can you do the same thing for yourself? And it all depends mm. on. It's a good kind of way to look at it. So, like these these daisy people nowadays, I understand. Uh, I just don't understand. Like, okay, you know what? If you want to settle down, you want to marry, go for it. But don't expect this other person to be the same thing as you. If you're gonna jump off the bridge, don't tell them to jump off the bridge. Just tell them, hey, go pursue your dreams, do whatever, you, whatever makes you happy. Mm. So I feel like our culture, like for example, another thing I want, I forgot to mention when I went to Malaysia, I noticed all these daisy girls were injecting themselves with some sort of a chemical to make their skin lighter, because there was so much pressure. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, fair and lovely in Pakistan and India, like, yeah. oh, make the it's skin the lighter. That... So there's an injection for it? Yeah, and in, in Malaysia, they were injecting themselves to kill those, uh, I forgot, melanin? Yeah, those those pigments, just get rid of them so they can be lighter. And I asked this girl, I'm like, why, why are you doing this? She's like, my ex-boyfriend left me for this gori. 
like this white girl mm -hmm. i'm like okay so you're you want to take revenge by like lightening yourself making yourself lighter and getting <laughs> yeah. married or thinking like, she lost him because she wasn't light enough light enough and so this whole like mentality that even when i was growing up like i'm the darkest one in my whole siblings right so people would pick on me or you know he's adopted this and that but it didn't affect me it's actually now i see it you know those aunties would be sending rich that oh beta you're so handsome i'm like i'm like please like no <laughs> you should find somebody who's light skin or whatever you know i remember because <laughs> you bullying a kid <clears throat> into yeah. saying so all this they see things that happens in growing up and just looking at you know like for example shamir has you know he's baldy to have blonde hair like some people are like oh he looks you know like you know loser or zayn malik whatever those names but he's but he's doing it because that's his personality that's his individuality he developed it right he wants to do it you have long hair you know you, that's your individuality you know you you know you have sense of fashion that's your thing you know you're you're not getting influenced by someone else you're not trying to impress other people i hope not so it's just one of the things i realized that if i marry a spanish or somebody from a different culture you know what would it make any difference Hmm. right and I asked the people they're like oh you're gonna marry her or Gori or Kali or this like this is a like like nowadays like I can't tell a difference like okay there there's Muslim Desi there's Muslim uh, 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 Spanish people white people whatever right mm -hmm. for my, my thing is like as long as you're respect respectable yeah. person you know there's nothing wrong in expanding your genes mm -hmm. right why not and then this thing in our culture like oh he married outside the culture so he he must have been desperate or something yeah. like this negative connotation like like no like because me being personally uh, in the relationship with those daisy people i understand okay they're not any different than me being in a relationship with the spanish girl or white girl or whichever culture i want sure, to yeah. try because there's no difference literally the only difference is the religion or language barrier mm. right but you can always it's like to your comfort, what you're sort of used to and want and, and are okay with adapting to or whatever. Exactly. So tell us what's next for uh, Polo Man and where can people find you? Well, uh, obviously my Instagram, that's where I'm more active. It's P0LOMAN, Polo Man. Obviously uh, the zero is there for, I don't know what reason, I just couldn't <laughs> find it. Um, honestly, this year uh, my resolution is one of my resolution is to stop arguing with people. Like just stop hmm. explaining completely. Like. Bef I, I was on the same path of not arguing explaining people like with politics and things like that no not po well more like you could say that to politics or something like that would anything like for example uh this person was asked she was asking about my opinion on divorce in okay. the Daisy community and I, when I started explaining to her she like don't argue with me but I'm telling her from my personal experience what I've mm. seen what I've observed mm. and now you're saying don't argue I'm like I'm not arguing I'm telling you my opinion yeah. anyways that just you know made me upset I'm like why am I upset because she told me to shut up for no reason so mm. I realized not arguing with people or explaining myself is a lot more it, it's easier way out but at the same time it's my for personal health in a way like I don't want to be stressed out yeah I, I think all stuff. of us you know could definitely take that into account that arguing and all that kind of stuff it affects us more than like you know other people and we're wasting our time exactly times. and you know it's just one of the things like sometimes like my thing is if i get angry i tend to be quiet or walk away because 
I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret later. And I tell people, I'm like, yeah. please, like, you know, You're gonna what? get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's one of the things that's like, my goal to stop arguing with people, stop just explaining myself, mm-hmm. which I never did anyway, because people are like, oh, you're you're going to be 32 soon and you don't have kids. And I'm like, all right, cool. You Are you paying my bills? No, right? <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Or just troll them straight up. Like, you yeah. know, uh, just focus on yourself. It focus, sounds like. And so, yeah. You know, so and then besides that, I just want to uh, travel to actually Greenland. May go there in June. Okay. And just people like Greenland. What's over there? I'm like nothing. It's just ice. Yeah. I just want to go there. Just yeah. put my See foot down. Like. See, do the polo man over there. You know, in front <laughs> yeah. of iceberg or like an empty city. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Just me focusing myself, trying to be. You know, go out there because all my friends are married again. And so I started hanging out with you guys. You know, last year more. And I just felt like, yo, this is cool. Because one of my friends actually, uh, Donna, she's my age. And he's like, yo, man, I, you, you actually had the same energy level as them. I'm like, but, but you mean same energy? I'm not that old, bro. Like, yeah, I can keep up. Sometimes you have more energy. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Know, I go to the gym. That's I work out because I want to stay healthy. Like, yeah. you, you let go. He's like, yeah, I'm, I have a dead bot. I'm done. I'm like, All right, well, good for you, yeah, That's though. awesome. Well, Hadi, I think we learned a lot from you. And I think other yeah. people like that are listening will definitely, uh, you know, understand what it's like for somebody who has found purpose in things. Um, not necessarily that has a purpose, but like has found purpose. And that's something that we can all sort of like uh, right. learn from. Um, but we have to ask one last question uh, on the podcast. Sure. Amber, if you want to take that away. If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what would it be and why? Mm, that's a tough one. Okay. <clears throat> I would say I'm a, a very spicy flavor. Because. Spicy what? Like spicy, like. Like spice, 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 like something like super spicy, habanero, or you know, uh, North Carolina Reaper, those are the hottest <laughs> one out there. Just because, like, people always underestimated me when I was growing up. You know, they was like, oh, you know, he's he's skinny, but how come you weigh so much more? I'm like, because muscle weighs more than fat, things like that. They were underestimated me in so many ways, and I just never wanted to. Just like, you know what? I don't have to prove you anything and things like that. But when they saw what I was capable of so like holy crap like you know it's like the, the it hits you the like, kick it the kicks kick, in the spice it kicks in the spice <laughs> like damn like and people be like oh yeah you can't handle me I'm like alright cool and then when they see the energy level like holy crap like shoot like you're a different breed you know that is exactly like a Carolina Reaper pepper right. have you had one before yeah I have actually it kicks in way after way after yeah but the more you chew on it, you know, it's it's all settling in and then boom, it kicks Be- in. Before I go, there's a trick to it. If you don't drink coffee or caffeine and you want to stay away from it, which I've been for like past two years, keep a little bit of those peppers with you. <laughs> and whenever you're falling asleep, <laughs> just take a small sip or a little like a dab to your tongue. It will of, wake, the, of the reaper pepper. Or any pepper, habanero, <laughs> anything hot. It will keep you up. It will like, it will wake you up. You're like, oh, wow, okay, I'm good. That, that's, that's a trick with people. Lessons yeah, from like peppers in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah self-defense. Uh, Somebody comes to you, just toss it in the air. Just like the way you threw the shit. <laughs> There you go. That's your lessons from Polo Man, besides all the other things. Uh, keep some peppers on your side. Yeah. Um, thank you, Hadi, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, all the listeners, thank for tuning in to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. I had to find a way to let you go. And I'm here to let you know that you're used to turn my black heart into gold. And I had to let you know that.
Sorry.